0: TheChairShot.com Always use your head Warning The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions Unconventional views And contrarian stances Listen if you dare Hey yo As we are brought in by the fire tones of the seventh year annual club having Bullet Club and the Tongans, we like to welcome you to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. We are back, Boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, with my brethren and my co-host, my man Kyle Morris. What's happening, sir?
1: Oh, man, you know, just living in these COVID times. I'm telling you. Interesting world we live in.
0: Uh, it's been a while since we talked to you. That's on purpose. We, there's not a a reason for you to hear from us weekly. Ain't shit happening. But, uh, especially right now in the end times, right? You know, we got, we got COVID happening. Murder hornets are here. Black folk getting killed again. Well, that's normal. But the rest of it, you know, uh, it's, it's crazy times, bro. But this weekend is a big weekend.
1: Yeah. UFC 249 is tonight. And if, the if, fifth most important pay-per-view. <laughs> <Since> tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Wait,
1: a, yeah, it is. Under- I don't give a fuck. It is. Like, you know, they say it's, it's not the, one of the big ones, but, like, Money in the Bank is one of the big ones. Number five, yeah. Just, we talk- not, if for no other reason than because of what it means.
0: Well, absolutely. And, and well, not just because of what it means, but the quality of the pay-per-view and the quality of the show.
1: It has, I say it every year, it has replaced King of the Ring as the non-Big Four pay-per-view you've got to watch.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. Um Before we get there, I do want to speak about UFC 249 real quick, because for those of you who are MMA fans, this, this is relevant. For those of you who aren't MMA fans, this will be relevant if you hear the story you know UFC 249 has been postponed for weeks, almost months now. They finally found a way to have it in Jacksonville tonight. We're recording this Saturday afternoon. Um, one of is a stacked, ridiculously stacked card. Donald Cerrone main evented the card, and he is on the prelims. And,
1: and for those of you that don't understand why it's so stacked, one, one bright spot for the MMA community to come out of having to postpone is it meant fighters had more time to rest and prep and whoa, get themselves whoa. ready. And well, you want th- your first show back to be swinging for defenses.
0: Well, not just that. They have a show every two weeks. So there are fights that have been scheduled for months that haven't been able to happen, so put them all on the same card. But anyway, uh, Jakare Souza was supposed to fight Uriah Hall. Um, he... when he got to When he got to the hotel in Jacksonville on Wednesday notified UFC that some of his family members may have had COVID. He tested clean for a couple of days. Yesterday they had the um the weigh ins and the face off and they made him wear a mask and Uriah Hall had a mask and they, they were socially distanced it distanced six feet between the face off. Turns out he tested positive for COVID. Not only him but two of his cornermen tested positive for COVID. So that fights off. So far, all the other 23 people have passed the test, but they still have to be tested again today. We won't know what they tested today until tomorrow. But the reason why it's relevant is AEW had tapings in Jacksonville, and they stayed at the same hotel. So,
1: And, and for those of you that don't understand why that's a big deal, one thing that they've noted, noticed about COVID and the way that it transmits, is if you're in a circulatory air system, like most you know industrialized buildings are, mm-hmm. you are more at risk of exposure, because if your hotel room is using the same air system as the hotel, as the hotel rooms, three four floors above you, and one of those people has COVID and has been in their room all day breathing that air and putting those droplets out into the circulatory system, you are at risk. But here's the thing that I want to point out to people
0: uh, who think this isn't a big deal, or think it may be a big deal, but it's one person, it's isolated. Because the reason the commission, Florida Commission, and Dana, who has been steadfast in this quest to have this damn show, he almost bought an island to have the damn show. Um, the reason why it's a big deal is Think about the timeline Souza arrived Wednesday He was tested twice Wednesday He was tested Thursday He was tested Friday He passed the test Wednesday He passed the test Thursday We didn't know until Friday evening That he failed a test That should tell you That this thing, just because you pass a test doesn't mean you don't have it or won't end up having it.
1: You're an asymptomatic. You could be an asymptomatic carrier or have been an asymptomatic carrier and don't even know it. And exactly. And so, you know, to go back to the circulatory air system, you know, like that's why the biggest outbreak happened in New York City and has happened in European and Asian cities. When people, you know, people have said most of these cases have come from people who are sheltering in place. Yeah, but if you're sheltering in place in an apartment, you're sharing the same air as every other resident of that apartment complex. And if any of them are positive, they are putting you at risk of exposure. That's how that works. That's why these highly populated places have been the places where the spread has been so bad. And the thing with this is, if one or two of these active wrestlers end up having it, and they're people who've had matches, think of how many people they've come in close contact with. Sweating, oh, yeah. sneezing, wiping their faces, touching things.
0: And, and look at AEW. While their shows have been, by and large, really enjoyable, they have not been socially distancing.
1: Mm -hmm. They have performers are acting as the crowd to try to give it more of the authentic live show experience. And while we respect them trying to recreate that, the side effect of that is you're not responsibly, socially distancing. And if somebody is positive, they're putting a lot of people at risk. And and Wednesday,
0: I mean, you watch the show, you can attest. Look at the backstage segments. Mm -hmm. All those people that were back there, children, old folk. Yep. The family members. uh, yeah yeah so that's something to keep keeping an eye on because for Dana's sake, I hope it goes well, not just for Dana, for everybody's sake, but especially for Dana's sake, because if Dana has an outbreak that pops up to today tomorrow Monday, like that's a major black eye on the company and possibly the sport, and it could really really put in, in danger a lot of a lot of
1: things. You think about it, you have to endanger a lot of live events that are slowly being allowed to mm-hmm. potentially resume. If this happens because Dana White was insistent on doing it, and forty percent of the people ta- or even twenty percent of the people involved in the show end up testing positive later, and it becomes a new like infection hotspot. All of these other events that people have been saying, oh, yeah, we should start allowing that to go back. It's what have kabash
0: UFC is the first of the major sports leagues. I'm not counting wrestling because wrestling is wrestling. But it's one of the first of the major sports leagues in America to go back and have a live show. But if you remember, the world seemingly shut down. And the reason it shut down was because Rudy Gobert An NBA player for the Utah Jazz tested positive. And before the game started, the crowd was full and they were warming up for the game. And the trainer ran out and said, we're not doing it because such and such happened. That night, they canceled the games. Right. Mm -hmm. They were going to continue playing. Of the foreseeable future
1: they were in looking fact, into empty arenas the ncaa exactly. was looking into empty arenas to do march madness mm-hmm. then rudy gobert tested positive and the ncaa was just like you know what spring sports we're just not going to do that sports, and it's not sports just, we're just not going to do that not just looking into it to your point about
0: the ncaa some some of the conferences were already having the conference championship tournaments with no people in the arena mm-hmm had already but, when, started. but when one just one person, it it ended up being more people. But when one person tested positive that night, they shut the entire sport down. Which thing gonna happen with UFC?
1: Well, and the thing is, you know, that's another thing. You know, we need to think about when we talk about states are slowly starting to foolishly, in my opinion, because they're not paying attention to their own data. Um, they're starting to reopen certain businesses. And I think what people aren't aware of is the very strong possibility that if cases start to increase exponentially again, they are going to completely shut everything down again. Mm -hmm. And that, or they're going to, you know, fully engage the dystopian nightmare and say, Mm -hmm. fuck it, everybody die um but more than likely they will just shut it down again and so like these things matter that's why it's important to pay attention to these numbers that's why that's why we've had the debate we've been having about wrestling in quarantine
0: so let's let's talk let's go a little more in depth with wrestling in quarantine uh WWE has continued to have shows they've had WrestleMania they've had they having they're having uh Money in the Bank this weekend AEW uh taped a bunch of shows and now they've started going back live again. They're having a pay per view, I believe, next week. Um, ring of uh TNA Impact, Owls Global Wrestling. Whatever whenever. the hell they're called now. Yeah. uh um, the, the ones on Pop T V. There you go. The cockroaches. They're still having shows. In fact, now, Moose just brought back the-
1: in the most respectable way we can
0: say that okay, phrase. No. Kyle does, I don't.
1: No, I do, <laughs> Cow- in the most respectful way I can say the phrase, like, it's never a compliment to be called a cockroach, but at the same time, like, you won't die.
0: Yeah. After this dystopian thing is over, when we're all dead, the cockroach is going to take over the world. But, uh, yeah, like I, like I was saying, Moose brought back the old TNA title. Okay. They're I still mean, having show. I'm shows. okay with
1: that, though, because the old TNA title slaps.
0: Yeah, I, it, it's, it's a diss at Tessa, but sure. Um, which I don't mind, because... I'm not a Tesla person. Uh Ring of Wonder has ceased operations and is actually being a good company and paying everybody involved for the Miss shows. Marty hey. has changed Oh Marty. Hey, um,
1: I'm incredibly shocked because they're owned by an evil billionaire company.
0: Yeah, but Marty got the Marty got the the purse strings, so shout out to him. Um and uh unfortunately New Japan has they've just been decimated, so the best Super Juniors
1: in The good thing for New Japan is that they have the support of the Japanese government in yeah. terms of like we they have been decimated financially by this and it's gonna suck for them, but we don't have to worry that it means the Japanese wrestling promotions are all gonna go out of business. They are they already are being supported actively by the Japanese well, government and commissioner of sport. Bushiro's not in it. Any, any
0: of the Bushiro companies are not. They're, no, there's no, they're one.
1: not, but you know, some of the other like, ones.
0: Dragon Gate, DDT, um, <laughs> All Japan. Thankfully, like,
1: the a... commissioner of sport for Japan yeah, yeah. is a former New Japan wrestler. So, or maybe it's All Japan wrestler. Either way, he's, he's a, a pro wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. yeah, he's a former Piro wrestler. A lot of them tend to be.
0: Started with the Noki. Yeah.
1: Yes, and so, you know, as a former wrestler, He will make sure that wrestling is okay when it's okay to go back to sport in Japan.
0: So here's my first question to you: In hindsight, and that's the beauty of the of of what we're going to have this episode. We're going to look at things from a a skewed, but a hindsight,
1: hindsight, hindsight hindsightable twenty twenty. We're going to be Captain Hindsight this week, and we're going to talk about you know knowing what we know now. Were some of these things mistakes.
0: So May 9th, 2020. We have been officially quarantined for two months. Yep. And knowing what we know now. Yep. Would you say that start with WWE, that they've made the correct decision and and proceeding and how they have? And if they haven't, or even if they have, what would you have changed?
1: I maintain that what WWE should have done Then, from the second we knew this was a thing, Mm -hmm. they should have done something that we know AEW did and have given AEW a lot of props for. You should have been started taping months of televisions right at that moment. Yeah. You should have had your legal team already prepared on standby in terms of like, yeah, we made a commitment to live shows, but global pandemic, um... Forced closure of events, blah, 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 blah. Public safety, blah, 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 PR nightmare, blah, 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 blah. To get you on solid legal ground for that. But they should have been taping shit from before WrestleMania. To get that. Like, they should have been trying to tape as much shit as they could to get to at least SummerSlam.
0: If I'm not mistaken, they had three weeks between WrestleMania and the last live show they had where they were running with no fans in the PC.
1: They so could, yeah, this, and this during that time and during that time they could have kept the same live show style touring schedule of tapings. Just taping material. It's not Having a bad people idea. working, you know, have everybody working, but the beauty of taping material is I can do this match for Raw, this match for SmackDown and this match for NXT all on the same night in a different order, and I can edit my show together because I'm a publicly traded billion-dollar company that has an editing department that can make that work and that can make that look seamless.
0: So I completely agree with that in that regard because taping would have been... Would have saved a lot of headaches and knowing what, we, knowing what we know now again with the massive releases they made, it would have given those guys one last major payday, um, even though they're paid out for the entirety of their, uh, non-compete, but, uh, it just would have made more sense. I think, I think that their shows have been admirable, all things given, all, given all things considered, um. The fact that they've been able to pick up and continue to have and I know I know they're not perfect, but the fact that they've been able to have competent shows trying to build new stories and introducing new new superstars and I think they've done as well as they possibly have could have done. However, I remember vividly those first few shows they had that were taped and like the first raw they showed the entire 2020 Royal Rumble. Whole thing. That was an hour and 10 minutes. Like, and and I was at the Royal Rumble, so the Royal Rumble already was long, but with the commercials, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. The one episode they showed the entire SmackDown Tag Team Elimination Chamber match?
0: Yeah. On a two-hour show, you showed a 45-minute match with commercials. So, had you taped, and to be fair, and this may be part of that difference between the way AEW books and WWE books, with, with AEW having a much smaller creative team than the WWE. But they clearly, I don't think, were prepared. I've, very clearly, they were in a holding pattern until Mania. And then Mania was going to be the, the be-all, end-all of let's figure out what we're going to do at this juncture. right? And the interesting thing is, and I, I want your opinion on this, the interesting thing is... While it's all the same company, NXT, Uncle Paul runs his own creative team in NXT, largely untouched. They took to the quarantine much better than Raw SmackDown did.
1: But, but what was before NXT became a live company? What was NXT's taping model?
0: You're right four shows it, in the,
1: four, exactly. four shows a month. For those that don't know, before they took NXT live and put it on USA, which was awesome and we're happy that that has happened, they would tape four shows in two days. Yeah. Yeah, one two nights, yeah. They would do it, you know, they would do the first half of the month on the one day and the next day they would do the other half of the month. Now granted they were it was only an hour long show, so they didn't have to tape quite as much, but not the point. Point is they done Ben doing let's tape a massive amount of stuff. These are the stories we're gonna push. This is yeah, the we're angle we're going for. This is the end game we're building toward. That was already the model within NXT. And it was the model recently enough, as recently as four or five months ago. And so, like, yeah. it ain't shit for that creative team to just revert back to the things that they had done before and just all right, cool. So who are the performers we're building? We know we've got Karrion Cross coming in. We know we're pushing Dream right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, we, oh my God. Who are the people we know we're not going to have? We know Kyle O'Reilly's a diabetic and is self-quarantining for the duration.
0: Hold, on, hold that thought on, on Kyle O'Reilly. We're going to get to him later on.
1: I mean, I respect it because, like, yo. You've we're going to get to that
0: later on, yes.
1: But the, the whole point, I'm, the point I was making with that is just, who do I know I'm going to have? Who do I know I'm not going to have? Absolutely. What? A, and, and based on that, all right, cool, this is how we're going to do it. That's why NXT has adapted better to this ship. Their creative team had already been doing this very recently. Can, can we pause
0: right here and talk about how amazing Karrion Cross is and why he's my favorite wrestler of all time And
1: like, one debut? I mean... That depends on how much you want to give props to Caleb, who's been singing Killer Cross's praises for, like, three years now.
0: I love, let me tell you something. As much as I hate Caleb sometimes, that's, that, is my, that is my true,
1: genuine little brother. I love him. like, shout-outs to Caleb in terms of, He's like, on Caleb dude has years. been telling me Killer Cross is that dude for years now. Yeah. And, from like, yo, look out for Killer Cross. Killer Cross is amazing. Caleb is often on,
0: like, the new hot wrestler before all the rest of us are.
1: But that's because oh, a lot a of these new hot wrestlers go through the Cockroach oh, Company, well, that's and true. we don't watch that show. That's
0: a good point. I was thinking about that, but that. Was a good point.
1: <laughs> a lot a of these point. wrestlers come through Cockroach <laughs> Company, and he loves that shit. So, like, shout out.
0: That's a good. That's a good point. You know, one group out that I've I've actually gotten, even though they're Flippy Do guys, I've actually kind of gotten into recently, and oh. I don't watch that company
1: for nothing. But the but the Rascals are like. Endearing. I mean, there are ha- there's always a handful of acts on that company that are on my radar. Yeah. You know? Like, Mrs. John Morrison is obviously on my radar. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, fucking True North is on my radar because I'm always in on Ethan Page. I like sure. Ethan Page. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I don't like Moose as a person, but, like, Moose he's a great wrestler. Tremendous professional wrestler. Tremendous yeah. professional wrestler don't like him as a dude because he represents yeah. a lot of toxic masculinity, but like, yeah, he's,
0: he's, he's, he's done some, as the young folks say, some fuck shit in his life. So, but he's amazing when he gets between those ropes.
1: Yeah, so, you know, but like, yeah, so Killer Cross, is, or Carrion Cross now, is that dude, and you know, I can understand why Scarlet is appealing to heterosexuals. Um, Thank you! Thank you for
0: stepping outside your realm of consciousness. I appreciate that.
1: I mean, I understand completely what her appeal is. She is very attractive. She don't do it for me in any way, shape, or form because <laughs> it's not the menu I'm reading off of. But I'll like, take that bullet for you, brother. I'll take that bullet for you. You know, I don't have to like the food to know <laughs> it looks good. It's real. I'll eat it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
0: you would. <laughs> Um... So, wrestling in the quarantine, we've, we've kind of spoken about, about WWE and they've made mistakes. They've done well. By and large, I think they have to be at the least appreciated, at best commended for how they've tried their best to continue going. Do you, do you I know we've talked about it kind of off and on in the past few months, but do you truly think in hindsight, at any point, they should have just shut it down and said, screw it, we'll wait. I
1: think it's... That's hard to say. I mean, if there was a moment to do that, it was after WrestleMania. Probably, I was going to say it was probably after WrestleMania and you could have started putting out a lot of this network content, like these documentaries and stuff, in their place. Um, I think what made it hard for them do, to do that, and this is one where like having competition does really matter... AEW on TNT had lots of content that they were prepared to put out. And I mean,
0: I, I get that for, for NXT, but for Ron SmackDown, I, I don't think that was ever a blip on our radar. I think it was more pressure from the higher ups, from the stock. Because, I mean, again, so I, I don't want to bring up this, this negativity again, but it's, it's important in, in this, the context of this conversation. Even if the WWE didn't need to cut that many people, they have a fiduciary responsibility by law to do whatever they have to do to stay profitable for their shareholders with that being said the shareholders control so much of the of not the not the day-to-day or not the not the day-to-day content or the business content but they they're almost the mar- the puppeteer holding the marionette saying you need to do this for us and while Vince runs it the way he wants to run it, notice big changes have always come at times of monetarily monetary issue, right? So I think any issue they had or any reason they pushed forward have more to do with shareholders and their contracts to television companies than another wrestling company on another night that's not... AEW and NXT together aren't getting SmackDown numbers. Together so
1: I don't think that was a thing. I mean, that's fair. I will say this with AEW, because I've given them a lot of praise for taping content early and having continuity and blah, 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 blah.
0: Well, I will a praise. a
1: praise. I will praise them for that, but I will criticize them in terms of they a little reckless. with like, A little, in my opinion. They, they a little reckless with like basic social distancing, looking out for the safety and health of everybody involved with the production. Mm -hmm. I admire the fuck out of the foresight to start taping a bunch of content and to, like, make sure you were prepared for a heavy height. Like, I respect the shit out of that.
0: They had a whole tournament taped before they even
1: announced it. The whole thing was taped. The whole thing. So, like, respect the fuck out of that. However they taking some recklessness with the number of people they're allowing to be at um, what—I always forget the name of the place next to oh. the Jaguars Arena.
0: Well, that one is Daly's Place. They also did it at QT Marshall's Gym in Georgia for a minute. But Daly's Place is the place you're thinking of, Daly's Place.
1: Yeah, like, with the number of people they're allowing at Daly's Place and at Marshall's Gym even, like, the number of people that they've allowed to be there, to be gathered for, like, the amount of time, et cetera, like, that's a little bit reckless. Mm-hmm. I'd
0: agree. Um, and yes, so there is There's always a give and take, right? Yeah. So both companies give is, have done things well and both companies have... Yes. In this have particular situation, yeah. the give is having those wrestlers in the crowd enhances the, the interest in the show.
1: It enhances it feels it, And more I think fun. longer term, it's also going to be beneficial to the characters when oh, they're allowed to go back to televised, oh, because absolutely. it's much more, you know, the, you know, the alignment of the guns, you know, okay. the alignment of Sabian, you know, who's allies with who, who's got Pete. with who. Exactly. Pineapple Pete, like, you know, yeah. all of these characters and things and who they're affiliated with and all of that stuff, because for the last couple of months, they have been the crowd for absolutely. their
0: show. Whoa, I, I, I think nobody has been put over bigger or better than Britt Baker.
1: This has oh, helped tremendously. Yeah, for sure. The future Mrs. Adam Cole has benefited tremendously.
0: The future Mr.
1: Britt Baker, get it right. I don't know. I'm not sure if I. No, I could still be a Britt Baker. Why not? You you watched All In. You were
0: there at All In. She came out to do something for you. She so sure the you fuck go.
1: did, and I was here the fuck. For it. Other people there were people around me that didn't get it and I'm just like, that's his bag. That's his boo thing. And I am here for Britt Baker, baby.
0: I loved it. I was here for it. I loved it. Yep. Um continue with your AEW thing though, because I'm on point with you. I think the give and the take of it is while it helps, the take is it sets a I think it sets a bit precedent for people watching. Um and I think it could be Breed some dangerous Consequences if they are Unlucky
1: yes Yes and I think They are I think they Are potentially even though WWE has been the company that Has actively confirmed people testing Positive for COVID I think AEW Because of the Way that they are doing their shows Puts themselves at more risk Of being a bigger outbreak I'd agree because, from what we've seen, from yeah, and for, we have every reason to believe this because they're publicly traded and there's a lot of like potential legal ramifications for fraud. Um, the safety protocols that have been announced, in terms of like you know, people stay isolated when they're not being used, frequent temperature checks, no more than X number of people in the building at a time, they change the mat and the ropes and the turnbuckles after every match, yeah, etc. Like. We know for a fact those things are all being done with WWE. We don't really know what safety protocols AEW is taking because they haven't announced it because they don't have to. They're privately owned. So, like, we don't know. So, you you know, we know, for example, that they're not keeping everybody isolated when you're not involved in a match, but we don't necessarily know they could be changing the mat and the turnbuckles in between matches. Yeah. We don't know. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I do want to
0: say one thing. To, in, in, in the positive of Tony Khan, and Tony Khan doesn't get a lot of love on the show.
1: But no, I, no. I, Dog wankers don't get love. <laughs>
0: for those who don't know, that's, that's an inside joke. Um, but I want to give him credit for this because Tony Khan loves to give an interview. Have you noticed that? Loves yes, to talk to the media. He does. Um but he had one particular interview in which he said that they've taken millions of dollars of losses, which all of these companies have, because remember, they they don't do live events. So they're, they're they have a such major company. Exactly. So some a lot of their money comes from those shows that they had planned that would have got garnered them what, four or five million dollars gate. Easily. That gate, easily, right? Lost millions of dollars. But he said and this may not mean a lot, as much to me as it does to a lot of you at home, but he said, I'm taking losses, but we are going to do everything we can to not l- let anybody go or to not have to get rid of anybody in the midst of this pandemic.
1: I think some of that, though, is also a product of the cons expected to lose money
0: for uh, a yeah. year, for at yeah. least
1: a year or two. like. Yeah. They went in, because this is a brand new company, they were starting from the very beginning. This is a ground-up venture. Their first TV deal was a show-me deal. Before yes. they got it renewed by TNT, it was a show-me deal. We're not going to pay you a lot of money, but we want to see what kind of rating you can get us. Yes. And then their renewal deal, when it starts to kick in, was an, oh, you can get us X hundred thousand easily every week? We will give money. you this amount of money. Absolutely. Um, so like, but the point is, they knew, at least for the next year or so, this is not going to be a profitable company. I'm going to take some losses. Now, having to shut down live shows that they tape, not being able to have crowds, it's turned some losses to like, okay, I'm basically just paying these guys to run a company right now and I am subsidizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the payoff in the future is I know I've got big TV money coming Mm -hmm. and at some point there will be a treatment if nothing else at some point, it might be a year from now, it might be two years from now, but at some point, if I can weather the storm when I already expected to lose money in my first couple years, anyway, Mm -hmm. by the time this is all over, I will have an established base of fans that I know the number of, like I know this 800,000 or 900,000 people are my people. Mm-hmm. I will probably do better live gates for the first few shows. Cause people are going to be so desperate for live entertainment.
0: Yeah. And then you also have, you also have the, the, the adoration and respect of the fan base.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. The growth of your fan base yeah. is going to, Pay dividends for you. You know, the first time you're in Boston, you might only get 5,000 people because I, get this time. I was going to say the first time you might get five because those were the five in Boston that already knew who Cody and the elite were, already knew about All In, blah, 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 blah. blah. Now I got 900,000 people that tune into my show every fucking week. There's at least 10,000 of them bitches that live in Boston. Yeah. Or live close enough to Boston that they are gonna buy tickets to come see me. Yeah. Especially because I'm not a touring company, I'm a TV company, so this is the only time I'm gonna be in Boston for the yeah.
0: next year. Yeah. This is this this is this is an what people in the business call an event.
1: Yes. Like yeah. you are coming to Dynamite because this is the only time AEW is gonna be here for the next six to eight months at least. And so yeah, and I think it's impo-
0: It's an important jurisdiction again to also note that the money is different. Yes. The money from the WWE is coming from business. They are yes. they are a private privately owned, they're they're a publicly traded company. This money isn't coming from Vince's pocket. This money is coming from a and stockholders and an account and and just this this, this company. What you think? Ha <laughs> ha. This cacophony of business deals, whereas all of the money coming from the AEW right now is coming from Shahid Khan's pocket.
1: Perfect example of what we're talking about, though, you know, speaking with TV money. If we look at one of the biggest losses that WWE is dealing with right now, it's not even about the declining gates and the declining merch sales. It's the fuck shit with the Middle Eastern TV deal. Yeah, it's the the, the like, deal, yeah. Saudi it's the Saudi Arabia like <laughs> television network deal that they were supposed yeah. to be getting all these millions of dollars from that they're not Lots currently getting.
0: Yeah.
1: That they're like, you guys are in default of our contract. Um, that's what's causing WWE financial strain right now. It's not that they're having empty arena matches or that merch sales are down because if those things were the same as they had always been but we were still getting the mena money okay whatever but we're not getting this mena money right now
0: for those who don't
1: know what mena means middle east north africa
0: yes and that's it so that is their
1: so i think it's the fourth fourth biggest tv deal Uh, behind uh, 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 america uh, china and uh, india not china not India.
0: Not China. India. America, the uh, the UK, and in India. And then it's MENA. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that India deal was it's crazy. I see. Yeah. Um, there's a reason every time they talk about Jinder Mahal or uh, Inda or any of those guys that are from that area of the wor- world, I talk about the 1.3, <laughs> they're not playing.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we Great we Kali talk- is a Punjabi icon. Oh, my God. Great Khali over there. And like, you know let, I, let that sink in for y'all. Those yeah. of you that are here primarily as the North American fans, let that sink in for y'all. As bad a wrestler as yeah. Khali was, as terrible in the ring as Khali was, Khali is an icon. Would,
0: would, I be, would I be off base if I called him the, in, the Indian or Punjabi El Santo? Would that be off base? No, nah, not okay. at all. Well, for those of you who know anything about El Santo and, and Mexico, that puts it in perspective. We, we, we've mentioned a few times about um, deals and whatnot, and especially considering a lot of the uh, releases that happened last month. But another thing I want to talk about in hindsight is, and this is a shitty time to talk about it, but it's, reality is what it is. We, are only, we, are, we can only play the hands that we're given in life, or the, the cards that we're given in life, right? So I think it's relevant to talk about this now but in hindsight how do you feel about these wrestlers who again we've talked acknowledging about the independent contractor versus employee conversation that's that's a four hour conversation in its own right that I'm very barely knowledgeable enough to talk about but how do you feel about a lot of these guys signing long term deals because I think the biggest, the, the, I think what hurt, a lot of, what hurt a lot of the fans about these releases, because WWE used to do this annually, what hurt a lot of them was not only that it was in a global pandemic, but a lot of these guys had just re-signed major deals. So how do you feel about that?
1: Here's the thing about a long-term deal. I feel like inevitably, because of the long-term part of that, inevitably one side is going to feel like it's a bad deal. That's the nature oh, yeah. of a long term deal, because either the organization is going to feel like in hindsight, I didn't get the value out of this asset that I thought I was going to get. I signed this player to a max contract, but I didn't realize that there's a huge difference between twenty nine and thirty. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the plateau hit real, real hard. And now I'm paying twenty million dollars for a way beyond his years, Alan Houston who's literally being paid to sit at home, like actively being paid checks to just not play because I would rather you do that. My team that's is a, better. That's a
0: real scenario. Giving
1: you $25 million to not show up for work. That's a real scenario, by the way. Yes. For those of you that are not basketball fans, look up the New York Knicks pay, the New York Knicks payroll circa like 2004 and see how many of those contracts were for dudes that they were legitimately paying not to play.
0: Allen Houston, Latrell Sprewell, Marcus Camby, yeah. Like I think it, Chris I think Childs. Marbury, at I think
1: Marbury. By the yeah, end of Marbury. his contract, nope. they were legitimately paying Starbucks, Like you know what, Steve, you know what, Stephon, you go play in China, and we'll Steve. still sign your checks. Steve
0: Francis, uh, Penny Hardaway, yes, Penny Hardaway, yeah. Because, again,
1: long-term contracts. See, what had happened with Allen Houston and Penny Hardaway especially, they signed these big, massive contracts, and then they both destroyed their lower bodies. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they were so injury-riddled that it was smarter for the organization to take the L on the salary cap and the luxury tax and spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to not play them.
0: Uh, they told Allen Houston, just stop worrying about playing, man. Just go work for the team. Allen Houston right now works for the Knicks <laughs> as a, he's I think he's like the assistant general manager or something. Because Some yeah. you can't play no more. So just what go is- ahead and get used to this now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just go, go cash the checks, all right? I, I paid you all this money. Go cash the check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so like – or the flip side of that, from the performer standpoint, like we're talking about, is I'm always faced with this opportunity cost trade off between security and what I think my long term potential growth is going to be. Flexibility. Yes. Like I want security of knowing I've got this job. You know, I'll yes. use my I'll use my current situation as a teacher as an example. So y'all know I'm a teacher. I teach at a school that is over an hour away from where I live. I have actively been trying to find a job for like 3 years now. The one good thing is my contract automatically renews at this school. Do I like that I have to drive over an hour every day? No, that's why I've been looking for a job for 3 years. <laughs> but the organization can't get rid of it. So like they are golden with it because I'm good at my job. I'm the one who is making this trade off of, well, fuck, I have to have a job. I can't gamble on not having health insurance for however long while I find a new one um, and this desire to not commute anymore. Wrestlers have that same issue of, yeah, uh, Mike Bennett, do I resign this contract for lots of money? knowing that I should at least be a mid carter but I'm never on TV? Or do I gamble on myself knowing that talent-wise I should probably at least be a mid carter but gamble on losing the financial security that this WWE check provides me?
0: And it's a lot to find out security, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Especially because one thing that separates WWE's contracts from a lot of the other wrestling companies is guaranteed downsides. Yeah. Like, a huge, huge difference. Do the wrestlers in WWE get paid more if they are used more? Yes. Do people higher up on the card have higher paying contracts? Yes. But even the scrubbiest scrub on the WWE roster has a guaranteed downside somewhere, and it Mike, might not be hundreds of thousands, but I bet you it's. But I bet you it's at least eighty or ninety. I bet you they make more money than me. Mike Bennett resigned for five hundred thousand, and he ain't ever on TV. He yeah. ain't ever on and TV. What I'm let saying is, like let me even the st- performance center people are making probably yeah. a hundred. A hundred, yeah. Let me re- let me
0: let me let me let me fix let me rephrase my statement. Mike Bennett and Maria both signed separate $500,000 deals. As you
1: were. So like, and so that's the thing, you know, if I'm Mike Bennett, I sign that contract because even if I get cut, my wife, who now has two children by me, so my family, is guaranteed my downside. Mm -hmm. And if she gets fired with me, we're still guaranteed her downside. So, like, no matter what, we're still getting paid.
0: It's a tough conversation to have. Um, what I think what complicates the situation more than even that conversation is the independent contractor conversation. Because if you – a lot of people try to liken WWE contracts and their employees or their performers, whatever you call them, to sports leagues. But the sports leagues – are, one, number one, unionized. But number two, are owned by a privately owned organization. The NBA, the NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, all these companies are privately owned and funded by the owners, right? Because of that, that's why they have to go to collective bargaining with the union about percentages and length of contract and whatnot. And that's agreed upon by both parties. Right. So.
1: And you see the difference between some of these leagues, you see which unions have more power and which ones don't. The unions where you see all these lockouts, what that tells you is that union is powerful. Major League Baseball and National Hockey League, the NHL and Major League Baseball stay having lockouts. Why? Because the baseball and hockey player unions, they won't hesitate to stop work.
0: No, I mean, think about this. The NFL is the biggest company, by far the biggest corporation in this company from from a sporting standpoint, and their players don't have guaranteed contracts. Yeah. So that's very illuminating. Um, But so the whole reason I bring that whole conversation up is if a player in the NBA signs, and I use NBA because I'm most, I know the NBA better than any other organization. A player in the NBA, in NBA gets cut anytime before his deal is up. Unless they take a buyout, they are guaranteed to get the entirety of that contract. Unless they take a buyout or there is verbiage in the contract stating that they're not going to get it. Their contracts are guaranteed. WWE contracts aren't guaranteed. However, the downsides make them give a better guarantee than any other company. So it's such a weird thing to do. But, I, like, I think about guys like Gallows and Anderson, and this is kind of the crux of the reason why I want to talk about this. And no diss to those guys. I have more power to them. If they end up going back to New Japan, great. They'll be great there. I wish them nothing but the best. But the long-term deal situation, when I think about those guys, it's interesting to me because when they signed their deals and they willingly signed, they really signed there and willingly re-upped when they re-signed their five-year deals, right? The interesting thing to me is they are, the, they are the biggest cheerleaders of the company. My hot Asian wife, I'm cashing these checks, I got all this money, but i am not saying that they're, that they're doing this? Even the company then, it becomes, uh, well, I was underutilized. So where is the line between I'm happy when I'm getting paid by them, but I'm unhappy when I'm not getting paid by them, when you have the opportunity to leave? which is why I think the long-term deal is a conversation to have because should wrestlers be even – should they even have long-term deals? Should I you be agree. able to do it? Should you be able to – I'm sorry, real quick. Let me finish. Should you uh, be able to sign a wrestler to a five-year deal? Because what, what, what if the wrestler, God forbid, just blows the knee up and can't ever wrestle again? You know what I mean, so, like, I, I think it's worth the conversation because look at where we're at right now.
1: Sorry, by the way. Go ahead. I was just going to say I think there's a major and important distinction to be made between financial happiness and professional fulfillment. You can be financially happy and secure from your job and as a result have that kind of happiness that comes with the financial stability but still feel professionally unfulfilled like I know I'm making this money and I know it's really good money and I'm grateful for this really good money because I have a really good life as a result of it but at the same time I just know I could be doing more and I could be having more matches or longer matches or whatever at least I feel that way and because that's my like perception I'm not professionally fulfilled, even though I am financially secure and happy with that.
0: At what point is that more on the performer than the company? Or at any point, is it ever?
1: I don't think that it's ever fully on either. I think it's because here's the thing about part of it. Part of it is expectation. What is your expectation for yourself versus... You know, what should it necessarily be, or what is the company's expectation for you versus what it necessarily should or shouldn't be? Um, and so, like, if you're, you know, Zach Ryder's a good example of what I'm talking about in terms of like a lot of people always felt like Zach could have been used more. And I mean, he probably could have been used more, but Zach was fine being a jobber. Zach always wanted to work for the WWE. It was his lifelong dream. He had a couple of WrestleMania moments, which is like enough. That was enough for him to be satisfied with everything. And so like, he didn't care where he was. But at the same time, it still frustrated him to go, you know, a year or two years or whatever without ever being on Raw. And he would still say, like, man, I hate never being on TV. I wish they would use me more. But at the same mm-hmm. time, he's just like, I love working for the WWE. This was my dream. He's Slater as well. That's another one. Yeah, ex- exactly. Another great example of what I'm saying. Like, their expectation wasn't, I need to be a main eventer. Their expectation was just, I would like to be on TV at least consistently. Even if I'm jobbing every week, I want to be on. Yeah. And I want to get my mail. Yeah. And I want to be allowed to talk every now and then. And I like, you know, I want to be able to be a part of the company, even if I'm a bit player. On the flip side, you have a a a good example of something. On the flip side, would be Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett felt like he should be in a certain position within the company, and if he wasn't in that certain position, he would go finesse somebody into paying him in that position.
0: I was natural born finesse. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great points, man. I I don't know where the line is or if there even should be a line, but I I feel so horrible for a lot of these guys who... And look, they didn't lose their livelihoods. Like, they lost their jobs, but they didn't lose their livelihoods. You know what I mean? Because all of them can get another job like that tomorrow. The pandemic is, is, is a shitty situation. Um. But uh, still, I still feel so bad for them, but I also, in the same breath, I'm not not trying to be pro-WWE or AEW or pro-company at all, but I also understand, like, a lot of these guys may complain that they were being underutilized when they got more than so
1: many other people. You know what I mean? I do, I do, but you've also, again, it comes back to expectation, all right? And... Well, there are a then, but lot of. Things, there are a lot, lot of. Things.
0: From the company and personal expectations.
1: You're right. No, you're right. And what I'm saying is, there are a lot of things that go into your personal expectations. So, a good example of that, and a team that you and I wanted to talk about today anyway, the Revival. They had built within their time in NXT because of the way that they were handled in NXT and because of the way that Paul feels about tag team wrestling and all of these other things they had built this expectation that they were, as they called it, hashtag top guys. Yes. And that they should always be the hashtag top guys. And that if they're not being used as top guys, that they're being misutilized or mismanaged or underused or whatever. And so because of that, their professional expectation for themselves led to them being obscenely unhappy, even though I'm sure they were making great money. Because they had built an expectation that I am the tops of my company and I am the best tag team and why am I not in the main event every week and why am I not this, that, and the third. So even though I'm on TV every week and even though I get matches and segments when all these other teams don't, I'm not happy because I don't think I'm being used the way I should be. You know,
0: a lot of that they say they they disagree with, but a lot of that is true. I, I think. I think. I think for them personally. I mean, this is what they've said, so I believe it or not. And, and,
1: I, and I don't. And before you say this, I don't want it to come across to anybody that we hate them because we don't. Like we oh, no, don't no, 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 have no. strong feelings on them one way or the other. I'm a fan of them as performers. Yeah, and I really look forward. I honestly very much look forward to them and the young bucks having a lot of really fun tag matches. Those sure. will be fun to watch. I am very much on board with it. Um,
0: I just, I, I, so I think they're a lot of the crux of their issue, and a lot of what you said is right. Is more less about them being the, the top guys, and more about the division being treated. With reverence and respect, which we know just ain't going to happen with Vince. That's just not what he's with.
1: That's not how he does the main shows. You know, you might get respect in the tag division on NXT because Hunter likes tag teams. So does Sean. So does Sean.
0: Well, you'll get respect in the tag division at times, but it's not going to be. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, July, August, September, took, no, it's got to be that.
1: On the other part of that, the other part of that is what you've got to look at is they were a tag team in NXT during a golden age of tag wrestling for that promotion. Absolutely. Look at the tag teams that were there when Revival was doing it. You had DIY, yes. We're Still Together. You had, you had American Alpha. You had American Alpha. You had Blake and Murphy. Yeah. Um, yeah, AOP. AOP like they had all these tag teams, and because of the way NXT promotes, all of those teams were solid and relevant and like capable. And the Dusty Classic was a big annual event and blah 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 blah. So tag teams got a spotlight in a way that allows the revival and DIY to and American Alpha to build these programs that put them in the main event of shows.
0: Well, they were never in the main event. But the, that's the thing.
1: They, yeah, they did that one. The two out of three falls match made event. No, it
0: didn't.
1: You, see, you and I remember things very differently. <laughs> which, which two out of
0: three falls match? The one against the one American Alpha?
1: Or the one, the one no,
0: in that not an event? No, it didn't. The main event.
1: What made event of that card? Because that's that, literally the only match from that card that I remember.
0: I'll tell you NXT take over Toronto. No, 2016, yes, not 2019. If I'm wrong, got Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: No wonder I don't remember it. I hated that, dude.
0: None, that, that, none of the tag teams have ever made it in Just had not happened. <laughs> that's, the, that's the irony of the situation. But to your point, you're right. I mean, the, the ultimate point is right. But the, what I want to get to about the Revival in particular is they are essentially... Look at themselves as martyrs for the tag division because they feel that it should be utilized better, and well, it should be utilized first. Then it should be utilized better, um, in their eyes. And they feel like them leaving was a sign to the company that hey, this means so much to us that we're willing to leave all this money on the table, talking over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece, right? But talking about professional and and then company expectations. I could be dead wrong here. If I am, I apologize. But I, I doubt sincerely Vince ever went to them and said, you guys are going to be utilized every week. I don't believe it. I, so it's it's one thing and it's admirable. In fact, it's damn right the way you should think about yourself to want to be the best and to expect for yourself to be the best and even sometimes expect that your greatness or your talent can Overshadow or can abscond somebody else's negativity on you or your situation.
1: I'm with that. There's also your boss telling you what you're gonna do. I mean, mean, I do know what you mean, but I have no idea where that came from because I never made that argument. So I'm very well, talking
0: about cute. you. I'm saying in general. I'm not, this, this is an argument back and forth between us. I'm just trying to make the that point for the conversation and for the people listening because. Like, I'm with expectations, right? But, like, Gallison and Anderson never came in and were guaranteed to be the top stars of the tag division or a team that was going to get over every week by being – they weren't. They, I don't think they were ever promised that.
1: Right? I don't think so. I don't think so. But when – I think a huge difference between people who come from the independents versus the performance center trained people is you can't help when you have professional experience – Okay. to base your expectation on okay. your actual experience. That's real. If my experience, especially when your experience is with one of the two or three bigger companies, you know, That's it's real. one thing if I've signed with you straight out of House of Hardcore and it's like, I'm still not really a huge name, but like, if I was main eventing Wrestle Kingdom yeah. or I was main That's eventing right. Supercard of Honor or whatever, I have a That's certain glory. Yeah. expectation for who I am based on how I have always been used. And what? I think, that, I, I think a, a, that's also a good example of why a lot of times when people come back, they end up leaving again because you get a different expectation. You know, sure. a good example I thought of, and I'm not saying he's gonna leave because I don't have any impression that he is yet, but yeah. think about the difference between Johnny Mundo and John Morrison. Yeah. Johnny Mundo is always a world champion or in the world champion picture. Johnny Mundo is an evil mastermind who runs stables and runs roughshod over companies with his wife. Yeah. John Morrison is the Miz's tag team partner. Yeah. And like Jomo could be at a point in his career where he's come full circle enough and done enough that he's content to do whatever is asking him in WWE. But I'm just using him as an example of if he were to leave two or three years from now and people were to ask him why, it wouldn't shock me to say, well, I mean, I went from being always a world champion or a main eventer to being the curtain jerker in the tag match, and I want something else for myself.
0: But see, that conversation was so interesting to me. John Morrison is a great example, a tremendous example, because – and John and John Morrison taught that nauseum about how he always need. He always wanted and needed to come back. EC three is another guy in the same situation, but John Morrison in particular, Johnny Mundo, you laid out perfectly. Is this rough shot, Rudo?
1: I was going to say, especially in the lucha world, like you yes. ask a lucha libre fan about Johnny Mundo. Yes, they know he, John Morrison in a way that you might not if you're absolutely. only exposure to him is WWE or WWE CW.
0: Yeah. The, this rub shot, hot shot Rudo that takes over every company he goes to and is world champion. Spot on. Dead on. The differences between him and John Morrison are drastically drastic and stark. But that conversation is so interesting to me that when he sat down with Vince and Carano and Uncle Paul and said, I want to come back. here. What are we doing? Did Vince ever say to him, look, man, this is what I have out for you. I want you to be this mid-carder that helps bring some young guys up, has some good spots. We may throw you in a main event capacity if we need it, right? And if, the, let's just hypothetically speaking, and at the end of three years, four years, however long he went, if he chooses to leave and says, well, they just didn't use me in this capacity, that's not true, because you were never promised that. That's, that. that's the thing that's interesting think, to me.
1: I think what is hard for us to have that conversation is we don't know what you are and aren't promise. Absolutely. That's 100%. Uh, because the thing is, we're talking about your personal expectations for yourself based yes. on your professional experiences. So again, you know the reason I brought him up as my example or EC three is uh, EC three is another a good one or Bobby Lashley even okay is yep. another example of what we're talking about. If I'm Bobby Lashley. And after I left WWE the first time, I became not only an actual MMA fighter, but then I became Impact's go-to yeah. main eventer for years. Yeah. Yeah. When I go to WWE, even though I've been there before and I know how that goes and blah, 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 and I'm familiar with how they might have used me before, I'm still thinking, I've been world champion in all these companies I'm a main event dude now like I know how to do that and 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 the other part of expectation is I might trick myself into thinking I'm gonna be okay with something and then do it and realize I'm not that's real I might think I want to go back to I might be John Morrison and think I want to go back to WWE I'm ready it's time I want Taya to have an opportunity to work there because like she's a fucking boss and that women's division would be lucky to have her. Um, And I might be able to say to myself, I could stomach being a mid card guy going back to tagging with Mike because he's one of my best friends, blah, blah, blah. If I get an opportunity, that's great. But it's one thing for me to think I might be able to stomach that and to then go out week in and week out And be used in that capacity and not reflect on, man, I was the leader of the worldwide underground.
0: No, I mean, it's a great point. It's a great point. By the way, um, just going back to the revival real quick. Did you ever did you have you listen to their talk? I have not
1: gotten to it yet. It's on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet.
0: It's It's a really good interview. And they didn't do the 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 release special where they just shit on all WWE events and all this, but there's one thing I want to bring up. And then I wanted to talk about uh, Roman Reigns for a minute, which is a big part of what I want to talk about. Um, but the, the story I'm sure all of you at home have seen it and I know you've seen it cause I sent it to you. The picture of what they pitched him to be the, the clown like outfit with the flavor, flave clock and the lipstick and the glow sticks and the hats. Well, it told the story behind that. And, so the picture is so ridiculous that when they gave it to him, Dash laughed out loud. Right? So the picture is just so damn ridiculous you can't take it seriously. But when they pitched this, the reasoning and the story, even Dash was like, "This might work." So the reasoning behind that was, and you don't believe what I'm saying. Listening to the listen to the podcast is about the thirty-eight to forty-minute uh, range in the in the podcast. But the reason behind that is it's no secret that the Revival believe fervently in what they, what they say and what they do and in tag team wrestling. And that they believe in the s- crux of the story that wrestling, tag team wrestling is so sacred, but the only way you can get over in that company as a tag team is to be a comedy wrestler or to have some comedy in it. Well, they say if you want clowns, we just going to be clowns. And that was the reason why they were, got, they were going to start wearing that. I think, low-key, that's genius. Like, that is easily a hit or miss. you got to hit it perfectly, and
1: it's nine times out of ten a miss. But if that thing hit, I think, I think it's— the only danger—I think the only danger, because I agree, that sounds like fucking genius. I think the only danger is if it misses, you risk being a comedy team forever. You Absolutely. become Santino at the end, not Santino in the beginning, because what a Absolutely. lot of people don't remember. By the time he ended, because of Santina and the Cobra and all that other bullshit, a lot of people don't remember he started as this like plant in the crowd, stick shoot fighter type. Well, before that, before so he became Santino.
0: I think two weeks or a week before he he got the gimmick. Like, they called him up and said, look, I think you're Italian. Can you speak Italian? He was like, yeah. He couldn't. And he learned some just for the spot. But before that, in, in real life, in his gimmick, he was, he was playing a Russian shoot fighter who beat people with, like, arm bars and triangle chokes. So, like, the dude in real life, Anthony Corelli, can beat your ass. He's, and he's,
1: he's good enough. Doesn't he have a school now? Battle arts. Yeah, that's By what the way, thing. his he's school so isn't just
0: wrestling. He, tra- he trains wrestling, he trains uh, MMA, and he-, and he does actual just workout training, uh, bodybuilding training.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's not just some fly-by-night loser comedy guy, but because of the way that the gimmick unfolded and because it didn't pan out the way it was intended... He forever became a ha ha funny funny comedy yeah. spot wrestler. Yeah. Same and as so career. That's yeah. And so that is the only risk you run if something like that doesn't hit. Now, if you're okay with that, you know, if you're Stevie Richards and you're okay with it because you're Stevie Richards and you can make chicken salad out of any chicken shit gimmick. Absolutely. Um, then it's going to work for you but if you're not that if you're you know the revival and you're the kind of people who like do legitimately want to be taken very 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 seriously if that doesn't work out that's the fear no i'm with you i and i and to their point they they said
0: something like that they're but they their response to it was, and they said directly to Vince and Bruce and everybody that was in the room, I said, "Look, we'll do this. If this is what you want, we'll do it. But just understand, when our contracts are up, we're leaving. There's nothing you can do to keep us. But we'll do it because we're professionals and we'll give it our all. And it probably will get over. We just understand. So, uh, but I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was hilarious." Well, that... I,
1: but I also respect the upfrontness of that. Like, and that's yeah. the kind of, and that's the kind of people you want because that is what we talk about when we talk about doing business. That's yeah. what doing business means. Doing business means you're allowed to say, "I think this is, you know, probably yeah. gonna fail, and it's real, yeah. real dumb." But if this is what you want me to do, you're my boss. I'll fucking do it. Yeah. If this Absolutely. is really where you want me, I will do that thing. But just know. That if I do this, when my contract ends, I'm out. I'm out.
0: So, so I want to do. I want to run through some money in the bank predictions. That'll be fast because it doesn't have to be. There's not that many matches, but there were two things we listed on here that were fairly not controversial, but fairly incendiary topics. Which one do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Roman Reigns? or You want to talk about the the artist formerly known as Jordan Miles?
1: Um, well, how hot do you, how heated do you want to end the show
0: I mean do you want to do the money in the bank predictions now and then end on some heat or you want to save MTV for last and end on some happiness
1: no fuck that let's do money in the bank now and end with fire <laughs> uh, why am I not surprised because it's me and you yeah. know that I'm a chaos agent at heart so uh,
0: two new Money in the Bank, of course, is going to be at the Performance Center.
1: um, x yeah, 4. Let let me get there.
0: It's going to be at the Performance Center live tomorrow night, but they are having the Money in the Bank ladder ladder matches, whatever you want to call them, at the WWE headquarters, in which you will start from the ground floor and have to make your way to 16 stories to the top of the building and then get in the ring and then climb another 10-foot ladder on top of the building to grab the briefcase. Um, but they added two extra matches to the show. So we're going to start with that from the bottom to the top, as always. This match pisses me off. Of course it does. Well, well, well uh, let me tell you why. Because you book five weeks, four plus, plus weeks of understandable, good storytelling television. Then you say, fuck it, at the pay-per-view. Yep. But I, I mean, to your wife
1: could be pissed off, but...
0: On the kickoff show is Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Not versus Sheamus. Versus Cesaro.
1: Which means... I mean, all that does to me is it gives away the ending of the match. Sheamus runs in. Yes. To me, this means that this match has to end. Sheamus runs in and costs Jeff the match. Saves his former partner, Cesaro. Um, Speaking of which... uh, Speaking of which, can we talk about how they never acknowledge that? Like they just dropped that shit like it never fucking happened.
0: I would have I would have a problem with that if 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 Sheamus wasn't gone for four months. I guess that's fair. Yeah, if if Sheamus was there every week and they just never talked about it, yeah. But Seamus was gone for four or five months. Um. So who's your who, who who's your pick? Your pick is Cesaro. Oh, I
1: just gave you my pick. My pick is uh, Cesaro wins. If Cesaro either wins or loses by disqualification, it's either th- he wins the match because Sheamus interferes, or Sheamus gets caught during the interference, and um, Sheamus or Cesaro loses by DQ. I go the other way. I go
0: with the WWE special. Jeff Hardy wins because Sheamus comes out distracts both of them, Jeff ends up winning on some fluke shit, and then Seamus comes in and beats the hell out of him. So I got Jeff Hardy. But, two things. Number one, this is stupid. Number two, I was promised No More Words was coming back. Why did I get 1998 Hardy Boys music?
1: Give me... No More Words words is so much better. Um, I shouldn't even say better. I like the team experience. I, I, I like the team extreme music but like no more words is so awesome
0: no more words is the hardy boys team extreme music yes matt hardy is wrestling in aew jeff hardy's theme is no more words that's the, that's the distinction for me
1: oh no i agree i would i was gonna say the same thing like the distinction is when jeff is a solo it's time for no more words if we're in wwe if we're not in WWE and Jeff is solo, it's time for one of his band songs because that's how he does things.
0: And I and I even understand the hard old Hardy Boys music if you were still in front of a crowd because that music will always garner a pop.
1: And Ain't nobody at the show. But, he, but but here's the thing though: the beginning of No More Words is the same as the beginning to the Hardy intro, just a point. little bit more of it's just a little bit more of a slow cut. A little- it's, it's, it's a just point. a, a little point. bit more of a slow cut, but it's still the da, 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 like yeah, that's all it the is. Drums,
0: yeah, it's a good point. This a good. This is a good point. Okay, uh, next we have again, choosing from the randomizer, which they did, you have R Truth, who has been conspicuously missing since WrestleMania. You know, but we don't worry about him being erased from Dave Debbie, right? Right, Bix? Uh R Truth versus my boy. Getting them checks, MVP. Who you got?
1: Um. Well, this is hard. I'm gonna pick MVP. Uh, if I think the original plan for this probably had to be Apollo Crews involved in it,
0: but well, well Apollo was actually in the.
1: Oh no, that's right. He was money. Speech. He was gonna be in the Money in the Bank match before he blew his knee out. Speaking of in like poorly timed injuries. Mm. He's not really hurt. This, this is this all
0: gimmick. No, oh, I thought
1: he was like actually hurt her. Oh no,
0: it's all storyline. In fact, my my answer is gonna be that the rumor is that MVP is gonna get in his head and start managing him, and I think. So
1: can I just say? Yes. Can I just say, I am totally on board with this use of MVP, but like Malcolm Bivens was right, the fuck there.
0: Well, the difference is Malcolm can't wrestle the way MVP can, so I MVP's know. able to jump in and out.
1: I and, know. You know. I'm just saying, you know, if Apollo needed a mouthpiece who could turn him heel and get him over, I Malcolm Bivens was right the fuck there.
0: I agree completely. And the only so I love Malcolm in NXT. I think if, if it suits him better, the only problem I have is him and Robert Stone are essentially doing the same thing. And Robert Stone is killing it. Robbie E is killing it with Chelsea. And they just got a Leah now apparently to the stable.
1: You know what I like about Robert Stone as opposed to Robbie E. The nature of that Jersey Shore gimmick kept people from taking him seriously. Dude can go. Absolutely. Like, and I've been—I was saying yeah. that even back then. I'm like, y'all watch these X Division matches. Robbie E can fucking go. It's just He's that a tremendous gimmick wrestler is and a really good so talk. ridiculous. Well, that's just it. You know, yeah. like. He was so awesome. He was awesome enough that he managed to get a Jersey Shore gimmick over in 2012, long yeah. after the boat had passed. Yeah.
0: No, so he's Robert. E, Robert e is is a, is an asset, and I, I think they know that. Which you see, Chelsea's killing it because of Robert. Um, but uh, okay. So get into the major matches. Uh, let's start off with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Fatal Four Way Match. You have the New Day as the whoop current whoop. champion. You have the greatest tag team of the 21st century, Miz, Miz Morrison.
1: Morrison. Whoop
0: Morrison. You have the MAGA Sons, a.k.a. the Forgotten Sons. Stay even us. though I, lo- I love me some Wesley Blake, though. And See, you the have...
1: Problem. The problem for me with the Forgotten Sons, I do like Wesley Blake, but I hate Gunner more than I like Wesley Blake. And Fair. so, like the second I see Gunner on my screen, I'm just like, "Fuck this dude!" As a wrestler and a human being. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't have nothing to say to that.
0: And this is a, this is an important day in the history of the Outsiders Edge podcast. This is a major day.
1: We have an mark, announcement to make.
0: Mark in your calendars this day.
1: Major change in opinion.
0: I'm going to call them by their names. The Lucha House Party.
1: And for those Kalisto- of you who don't understand why, Kalisto is gone, so we got no beef. I don't know where he is. I don't give a fuck. For Gran and Lince, I'm good with them. We got no beef. We and, are and you, here for it. You
0: notice the second Kalisto gone, they get
1: pushed. They were in the Elimination Chamber tag team match. They're in this tag team match. They've been getting wins over Major no tag episode. team. And you know what you know what I think is also helping them? I think Morrison being back helps them because he's a luchador now. And oh, well, it gives him you, people what? and it gives him people to lucha with. If you watched last night. Oh, uh, that's why I was damn about right. It. That's yes. why I was talking about it. I was like, John Morrison when he left the WWE after he finished trying his hand at acting and learning improv and doing all those other things, when he went back to wrestling, he became a lucha libre sensation. He yep, turned yep. that parkour into lucha, lucha, lucha. And so he has had a field day working with Lince and um, Metalik. And Metalik and Lince, like I said, I'm sure they're loving it because it gives them someone to do all the traditional lucha stuff with.
0: And they're not a damn joke anymore. They don't come up with pinatas and maracas and rattlers. They just come like out of that- wrestling.
1: Because one thing that the addition of Kalisto to them made people forget is that the whole reason Metalik and Lince Dorado were kept is because they are badass cruiserweight wrestlers. They did so well in the cruiserweight classic and were so fucking skilled that yeah, Metalik made the finals that the company was just like, yeah, we need these guys.
0: Yeah. Metalik lost to TJP in the finals, but remember the final four was Kota Ibushi,
1: Zack Sabre exactly. Jr., the winner TJP, and Grand Metalik. And to go back to a conversation we had earlier in the show, the reason Sabre and Kota didn't sign full-time personal uh, yeah. expectations yep. and said to themselves, do I want to be part of this ground-up, also-ran sideshow division, or... Do I want to call up Gato and cash them Bushi Road checks? <laughs> he cashing the shit out of them checks. Both of them are. They both cash in the fuck out them Bushi checks.
0: Who you got in the, in the Fatal 4-Way?
1: Who I got in the Fatal 4-Way? I don't like to say it, but I think I got the Maga-Suns.
0: You think they're going so to they're gonna, they're gonna shock the world and be forgotten no more?
1: Everything about the way that they've presented on SmackDown leads me to believe they're in line to be pushed as this, like, dominant heel tag team.
0: I think the Forgotten Sons win the titles, but not tonight. I think New Day sneaks out with the titles and starts a one-on-one tag team feud with the Forgotten Sons. Um, and I am, look, I, I don't like, I'm not a fan of the gimmick. Um, I don't hate Gunner like you do.
1: Um, I ha- my problem is I didn't like him as a wrestler, and everything I've learned about him as a human, I got you, no, I got you, I got you. Yeah. is doubled that. So I'm just like, no, fuck this dude. No, I got you.
0: Um, uh, but I, but I think Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, if you leave them to their own devices, are a really good tag team. And Who Wesley was Blake Steve made
1: Cutler before
0: Steve Cutler. He he's a performance center guy.
1: Okay, for some he reason was never I he came from somewhere.
0: No, he's a performance center guy. See, so the, the the hilarity of the gimmick is Jackson Jackson Riker, a.k.a. Gunner, former real life former Marine, Steve Cutler, real life former Marine, Wesley Blake from Texas. <laughs> That's the beauty of the gimmick. Um, it's, it's the hilarity of the gimmick, which lets you know it's it's it is so maga ish.
1: <laughs> oh, in its, they're the maga its
0: presentation. Um, but, but Wesley Blake is might be the most underrated wrestler. That is, that is paid by the WWE in any capacity, Wesley Blake might be the most underrated wrestler. Word to your mama. Uh, but to I mean, I
1: ways. believe that. I believe that because, like, here's the, here's the thing that people don't realize how, in terms of how talented Blake is. Blake and Murphy were randomly thrown together because they didn't have anything else and they needed tag teams. And they were so fucking good. Yeah, they kind of looked alike, too. That was probably a big, yeah, a big They were so fucking good that the creative team was just like titles, exactly. And, and then, which one of them started dating Alexa first before she left him for the other one? It was only she only dated one of them, dog. Come I on, bro. She left
0: the one for the other no. one. It was no. Look at you starting rumors on the show. No, it was always Murphy. She was engaged to Murphy. I know yeah.
1: she's with Murphy, or she was so, anyway.
0: In fact, let me tell you. You want to know who uh, Blake, is, Blake, is married to? Mm. Remember the very last episode, the very last season of Tough Enough that uh, Mandy came from and Chelsea Green came from and Sonya came from? Okay. Remember the one that won, the little skinny uh, country girl, Sarah Lee? That's his wife.
1: That's his wife. The reason she left WWE is because she got pregnant. All right. Did not know that. But anyway, no, like, that's what launched Alexa's career is they got together and it was just like, oh, well, I mean... You're not fact, ready to wrestle yet. You're not ready to wrestle full-time yet, so why don't you and Carmella do this ballet shit? Let's give you some history to prove that. Have you ever wondered why Alexa Bliss's
0: music has a little bit of dubstep at the beginning? Because Blake and uh-huh. Murphy's music was uh-huh. dubstep,
1: uh-huh. and Alexa's got a dubstep Man. remix. Murphy should still have that fucking music. Nah, that music
0: was so don't, fucking don't dope. Don't bring that up. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm so, uh-huh. so, I'm so <laughs> bothered by that. You
1: take my man's... Take my, you take his girl from him,
0: I also, love the way was,
1: I also love the way that they used to like go to through the room. ropes and then yeah. do the like slide out like yeah. it was so fucking boss
0: yeah oh memories okay um, Smackdown Women's Championship uh, you have the role model aka Bailey, versus finally getting her due Mina. and for the record Tamina's gotten more attention and push and care given to her character in these past four weeks than she's gotten in like five years. They've done enough. They've
1: done enough that I'm low key rooting for her. I ain't um, no low key, bro. I'm she ain't like, gonna win. No, but I'd like to see it. No, but if she did, she ain't gonna win. But if she did, I ain't gonna be mad at you.
0: One hundred percent. So you got Bailey? Yeah, I got Bailey. So. Do you want to do? Because surely Bailey and Sasha has to be the end game.
1: We've been know, saying that for like, like years. four years now. I know. But <laughs> if it is right? angle that carrot.
0: But if it is the case, you pushing to wait till WrestleMania next year, or you pushing for SummerSlam?
1: No, I'm pushing to get it the fuck over with because we've been. <laughs> <laughs> we Friday. Start slow. Down. <laughs> Slow burn initiative. Do it on SmackDown,
0: bruh. Get yes. it over with.
1: <laughs> We've been slow burn, stop starting this feud for literally four years now. <sighs> okay. Like now, the sad part is that's not an exaggeration anymore. No, it has been four years. Yeah. And they still haven't done it. Hilarious. Tease <laughs> you with it every time you turn around. Literally every so, time you blink, they tease you with yep. Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and <laughs> Bailey, and then they never do it.
0: <laughs> it's 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 so true. It's so sad, but yep. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> WWE Universal Championship. You got Monster Mumm and Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in the iteration. In the iteration, as Bray Wyatt. This has Not been my thing. favorite
1: feud. This has been my favorite feud on television. That's a bit. Oh, I have loved it. I normally <laughs> love anything Bray's involved in anyway, um, okay. but like. I've also just... I just really appreciate this version of Bray Wyatt that deconstructs characters. Mm -hmm. And, like, the promo he gave last night holding out the black sheep mask. And then when Braun said he's already home and Bray's just apologizing that he wasn't able to save him. And, like, it's just so good. Yeah,
0: I agree. So good. Is it good enough that you think The title comes back to the Firefly
1: Funhouse. Not if it not be no because he's fighting him as Bray Wyatt. Okay. Bray Wyatt loses matches. The Fiend takes five power slams and kicks out at a one count. The Fiend loses to Goldberg. (laughs) Who doesn't? I'm saying. Um, I too
0: agree with you. I think Braun wins. I have been looking forward to this feud for. Since Braun Strowman, uh, uh, since he really uh, 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 turned himself into a major star, but I didn't want it now because Bray doesn't need the title right now. No, and he Braun, doesn't. And Braun needs to, uh, if if Roman's going to be out for the foreseeable future, Braun got to establish himself as a, a, a regular champion. But the Maybe reason not they're
1: doing family. it, The reason they're doing it is because the history is already there. You don't have to create anything. The problem right now is that it's hard without crowds, especially it's hard to create tension in the way that you want to with some of your moments because Bray and Braun already have all of that history and it's already right there. You don't have to create anything. You just bring it up. And, like, you know, to go back again to that promo last night, you know, I loved how they managed to turn that into you left me and then everybody lost their way. And they all left me. And I was alone. And then I lost my property. And all, you know, and so, like, I was stripped to everything because you left. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of...
0: It's kind of a little more pointed now that Rowan and Harper both don't wrestle there no more.
1: Exactly. And so it's just like, uh, just come home. I just want you to come home.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, you're right. It's a, it's it, very, such a wrestling genius in the way he constructs his, his meals, meals, I'm sorry, TV, his matches and his feuds. Um, But yes, I think we both, I have Braun. you got Braun. we're both, I think yeah. that's the, the way it goes. Um Your favorite match of the night. The WWE Championship match between Drew the McIntyre
1: Night and that other guy? Yes.
0: Oh, so you, can, so you can say Seth Rollins' name, but you can't say the Champs' name.
1: I don't hate Seth Rollins. I'm just not into him.
0: You, well, I didn't think you hated Drew McIntyre. I thought you just weren't in him.
1: I mean, I hate that other guy more than Seth.
0: <laughs> well, since since you won't speak about it, I will say this. Drew McIntyre as a face champion has been a revelation. He has been. I
1: champion. liked their contract signing on Monday. That was uh, pretty good.
0: And shout out to my boy Murphy.
1: Well, Murphy makes everything. There you go. Who you got? Yep. Um, I think the champ probably retains.
0: He can't lose this early, dog.
1: That's what I'm saying. I think the champ probably retains.
0: And then think about this. AJ back. AJ, AJ not dead no more. Randy Orton got to come back at some point. There's a litany of guys who are gonna be edged. I'm sure, ain't up too far from the title. There's a litany of guys that's lined up, and I would love to see him himself go a couple months. But that, you know, that can not only give him a major fight and a major match, but from in the eyes of the wrestling crowd, that can put him over and continue to solidify him as the guy right now. So, uh, it's got to be Drew.
1: Yeah, I think the champ pertains.
0: So, uh, Money in the Bank matches? Yes. Women or men?
1: Let's just talk about them all at once since both matches are happening at the same time.
0: Look at you journalisming. So, the, the listing for the Women's Money in ladder match are Nia Jax. The Empress of Tomorrow, Oscar; Queen of Spades, of Baszler; the Flex Appeal of Dana Brooke; uh, the the sassy or sexy Southern Belle, whatever you call it, Lacey Evans; Southern Belle; Carl's favorite wrestler; and you have uh, the Queen That's of Staten Island, Carmella; you am. aka my daughter's favorite wrestler. On the men's side, you have Daniel Bryan. Versus, Carl, versus Kyle's favorite wrestler, Alistair Black. Versus Rey Mysterio. Versus the King, King Corbin. Versus AJ Styles. Versus how the fuck he's everybody's favorite wrestler right now.
1: But I don't think it's that. Always. I don't think it's that. I think it's a combination of three things. One, he charismatic and the WrestleMania angle did work. So that's yes. one. Yes. Two... Look at all the people that are sitting out right now. Okay. Three. He's charismatic and safe.
0: Yeah, and and, I, and, I, and when I say this, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I mean this with all love and reverence.
1: Everybody loves the fun fat guy. That is true. For all the wrong reasons, but it is true.
0: Look, I didn't say it came from a good place, but it's the truth.
1: Now, so those are the participants, and then for those of you that don't know by now, the way that the the match is going to start this year, it's being filmed from headquarters. They start at the same time at the lobby of headquarters and have to battle their way to the top of headquarters where the briefcases will be suspended above a ring that has been set up on the roof Up headquarters. (laughs) Up headquarters. (laughs) And you will then have to climb a ladder atop the headquarters building to retrieve the briefcase. Yes! And they're both happening simultaneously. So obviously it feels like the match has to end with both briefcases coming down. I feel like, if not at the same time, then pretty quickly within rapid succession.
0: That's my question. What if... Let's say I'm just gonna pick a name. What if Corbin wins, right? Let's say Corbin gets the championship before anybody else gets the championship. I just what thought puts What I if a woman wins and cashes in on the guy?
1: No, no. I just thought of something like you start these matches at the start of the show. Have the oh they go oh on oh god, and these are the segments throughout the show. Culminating to main event time, and no one has claimed the, brie- the one of the briefcases yet. Have one of them randomly claimed in the middle of the show, and then the other one—they're still battling it out.
0: That's, that's probably what's going to happen. And if, if, if you want me to give something away Cinematic for you, be you wrestling to
1: for the win.
0: You Want me to give something away to you, or you want, or you want me to I'm let you watch?
1: i with spoilers. I'm fine with spoilers.
0: The match was filmed three weeks ago, so that's probably what's going to happen.
1: Cinematic wrestling for
0: the win! That's, that, that's very genius of you. I didn't think about that. That's very,
1: the sage of the square it, circle, is gentlemen. As you were explaining it, I, the thought came to me. And I was just like, so they've got all these matches. And this is already going to be unconventional and different. And Vince said in an interview a few weeks back after WrestleMania that, you know, cinematic stuff like that would be here for a while. And we'd be seeing more of that. And I just thought, you know, what better way if both matches are happening at headquarters at the same time with these crazy stipulate? what better way to utilize that than to have the matches start the show, spend like 15 or 20 minutes of them fighting each other, and then just pan back to the commentators saying, you know, it's time for us to start our other match. We will check back in periodically with, money in the ba- with the Money in the Bank matches. And then during the matches, they can occasionally, during the picture-in-picture picture replays while you're replaying a spot, have the other camera show you people beating each other up at headquarters. And that makes sense because it's a 16-story building,
0: dog. Like, you're not going to climb that in, like, 30 minutes.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, like, it allows great, us to... That- and it allows for like different vignettes. Somebody's gonna take the elevator. Other people are taking the stairs and blocking elevator entrances and exits.
0: Great call, bro. Great call. So, three questions: Who wins the men's? Who wins the women's? And the third question is important: Who will get thrown off the top of the, of the building? Because that's been AJ Styles said he, threw, so he that somebody's gonna get thrown off the top. Becky Lynch said in the interview that. Vince actually tested being thrown off the top. So somebody's getting thrown off the top.
1: All right. Hold up. Um, so my answer for who wins the briefcases, let me – give me a quick second because I'm mm-hmm. a visual person. Want me to give mine?
0: Want me to give yeah, my answers? For go, give,
1: go ahead and give yours.
0: So uh, my middle answer is going to be Alistair Black, and I think that just because when it's his time, I think. And everybody else in that, Otis oh, just ain't gonna win. And everybody else involved in that match has had their opportunity recently. Alster Black has not. On the women's match, this pains me.
1: Oh yeah, I know who your pick is. There, pains me.
0: But I'm picking Dana Brooke. The three, I think the three, the three raw women, Asuka, Naya and Shayna, are all gonna cancel each other out and fight over who gets to fight. Becky, which is going to end up being a fatal four-wave sh- uh, shortly. Uh, Lace has had too many chances recently. And it's just that's done. Carmella's and Carm- been your face twice. Well, not only that, but Carmella and Dana are friends. And they've been playing up this friend's angle very, very well. So I can see them fighting over it and Dana getting the better of it. Um, but lastly, so I don't know if this is going to get thrown over the top. But I was perusing Twitter earlier and saw the greatest idea for a gimmick. You ready? Yep. What if AJ Styles becomes the South Park Kenny of WWE?
1: And just just keeps surviving near-death experiences? Yes! He dies at, like, every
0: pay-per-view. And then just comes back for the next match like nothing ever happened.
1: (laughs) I think that would be hilarious. All right. All right. So... But my, if pick, gets thrown uh, my pick for women's briefcase is I'm going to agree with you on Dana. Okay. My pick for the men's briefcase is AJ. I'll be fine with that. And my pick For flying off the cage, I'm going to give one of three because I'm not sure which of these three it's going to be. But I think it's going to be one of them. Okay. It's either King Corbin. I'd be. Rey Mysterio. Okay. Or Swerve Debray.
0: The Rey Mysterio thing is interesting because if it really is going to be... A
1: daredevil cruiser who's not afraid to fall off of anything... Well, Sounds like that. the lawn dart to throw. <laughs> not just that,
0: but if we're doing he was cinematic- literally
1: thrown like a lawn dart, y'all. Right.
0: But uh, if if we're doing cinematic wrestling, then like you might just have this motherfucker turn into a superhero and fly away or some shit. <laughs> you know, like I wouldn't put anything past Vince. One more question before we end the show, before not the show, but before we finish talking about Money in the Bank. The hacker has mentioned and said that he will be at Money in the Bank. Or she. I don't want to be sexist here. Because it could be a she. Who's your thought for the hacker?
1: And the only person that makes sense to me is Ali, unless it's a swerve.
0: So, Ali makes the most sense. But I have a
1: swerve. Alright. I think you've already told me your swerve, but I'm good with
0: it. I told you per- I told you personally, yes, but uh, there's two things that the hacker has said that are it similar to a f- certain person, the hacker has said that, that, that the hacker is the voice of the voiceless, and the hacker has said repeatedly do, uh, do you, what does it, it say uh, do you understand me now or are you listen, do I have your attention now?" Ooh,
1: those are yeah those three. are Easter eggs Those are so Easter, Easter eggs. eggs for
0: one major person who is not doing anything right now and can make quite a payday.
1: Right,
0: chick yeah. magnet, punk, Philip Jack Brooks.
1: Yeah, now, but who does he go after?
0: If it's I, if it's if, if 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 it's me, Punk don't wrestle until WrestleMania, maybe SummerSlam, but if if it's me, even I'm booking Punk and Punk has agreed to do this and he's the guy, Punk is running a stable, and the truth is coming out and we will going after everybody. Ali is my first person. Maybe I'll throw in Shorty G, but we 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 have a group and we're going after the truth and everybody. That's where I run it, because P- Punk not only can't can't he anymore, but I don't think he wants to run the roads and do every week. And for all for all intents and purposes, and how you feel about him, he has earned the right to not have to do that anymore.
1: Well, he's special attraction status.
0: Absolutely, but can you imagine the rub that that Ali or Shorty uh-huh. G would get? By being <clears throat> opened by Punk to continue his legacy?
1: Yeah, no, I mean that could and be. Then,
0: and then where is Mustafa Ali from? Chicago. Bing bang boom.
1: Could be. I mean Yeah, I'd be on board with it. I'd be on board with it. We mm. have
0: we have gone almost two hours. Yeah. So I'm gonna hold off on these next two, uh, these next two points, and we'll talk about this in another episode. But it won't be That's this. We, we won't do. It won't be long. We'll probably record sometime later this week and put it out uh, and talk about post Money in the Bank. But just to wet your palates, uh, we're gonna speak about Roman Reigns and the fact that apparently WWE is is erasing his history.
1: Yeah, and- really easy to erase the history of somebody who main evented four straight WrestleManias in the last five years.
0: And is being currently promoted on Twitter and, and FS1 with his best greatest WrestleMania. And was matches.
1: supposed to have a Universal Title match at this WrestleMania against two months,
0: Goldberg. Two months ago. No, I'm sorry, one month
1: ago. Um, and the other one, which is, Bucky we're started. gonna. I'll say the other one. So we're gonna talk a little bit about um, the artist formerly known as ACH. Oh,
0: well, ACH. Formerly known as Jordan Miles.
1: Oh, I, I assumed, see, you know, I'm so behind. I forgot the last I had seen, he was going back to just being his actual self because we killed his love of wrestling. You know what? You're right. I'll shut up. So, yeah, far as I know, he's still the artist formerly known as a professional wrestler. Uh, and we're going to talk about how hindsight really is 2020. And it's interesting how once you've had time to think about the things you've said, uh, how you feel bad about burning bridges.
0: And when we when say burn him, he set the whole motherfucking city on fire. Mm-hmm.
1: He burned the bridge and the river that it was connecting.
0: It's funny when you burn everything down and you realize you ain't got a no place to sleep. Then you realize you shouldn't have, tar- you shouldn't have set the flame up. Nonetheless, uh, this has been fun. I've yeah. missed this. Um, before we get to the goodbyes and the, the bills and whatnot, let me say that In this quarantine, I have had the time and the wherewithal and the um, the motivation to write a column. A really good one. Today or tomorrow. Um, Check it out. Uh, Chairshot.com. And, you know, we represent the Chairshot.com where you... Always use your head.
1: We are part of
0: the... Chairshot Radio Network.
1: Uh, And the Chairshot is
0: part of the... uh, Wrestling... E wrestling news. Yes. Oh. It's been a while. It's, I haven't had to do this in a while. Um yeah, so yeah. So check us out. Uh go to Pro com slash the chair shot. Get your chair shot wrestling shirts. Uh you we have a shirt, hashtag journalism. Go shout us out. Um but yeah, I'm at it's Ray Cash, R E Y as in Mysterio, C S C A S H as in Dollars. The show's at Outsiders Edge C S. If you own Outsiders Edge, how about your boy. I throw you a free shirt. Free shirt.
1: Um, I am at Doctor Schmores. and you've got to remember, y'all. We here at the Outsiders Edge are just some young men out here doing the best that we can to try to make it in this world. And sometimes we're gonna say some controversial things. Sometimes we're gonna lose our train of thought. Sometimes we're gonna fuck up during our intros or have to re-record things. Sometimes not we're tonight. Gonna... No, nope, not, not this tonight. time. Baby. Sometimes we're going to, you know, realize that our opinion has changed and have to backtrack on some shit. But no matter what, y'all, we just out here chasing our dreams. And you've got to respect that. Because, like, if you don't, well, I checked. And uh, even in quarantine, y'all, we still don't give a fuck. Fuck you. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Even in the quarantine, though, bro? Even in the quarantine. Still don't give a fuck.